one of these. We're, we're never good at it. I don't know why you try. I don't know. Because you're like, oh, I want meandering conversation, but then I have an intro. Hmm. The whole point of an intro is to not meander. I think I'm supposed to be conveying the impression that we were talking in, like, like we would be before class, quote unquote, started. But the problem is, is we don't talk to one another under any circumstances. No, the, you don't talk on the way into class, otherwise the teacher makes you line up again. And then, that's when you get a seating plan. No, nah, man, that ain't how it goes. Also, do you, it's like musicals. That's what you remind me of. You're like, we're just having casual conversation, and then I'm going to break out into song. No, this is never nearly as choreographed, rehearsed, or practiced. Because we refuse to have any quality control here at the School for Wayward Nerds. Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds. The only podcast with its additional flavours... Oh, with no... Oh, fuck it. Don't even worry about it. The only podcast with no additional flavours or preservatives. Off to a flying start. My name is Toby DePaul, and this week we are getting into a topic that I've been dodging for a very long time. Um, when they released the first trailer for Elite Battle Angel, fucking a few years ago now, mm. um, I had the same reaction most people did, which was, "What's with those big old eyes?" They were very big. Mm-hmm. Instead of being grossed out or creeped out, um, I was more just like curious as to what the reasoning would be. Um, so I learned that they were based on, you know, an an anime or a manga or what have you. So big anime eyes. Mm. Um, yeah, so this movie was to be a comic book adaptation. As I tend to do, I followed the curiosity and checked out the graphic novels. Um, when I first read the, uh, the, um, the manga collections, I fell into a very pure, sick addiction. Mm. Um. As you tend to do. Yeah, one I still have, because every time I pick one of them up, I end up binging the whole original run again. But it was too big, too good for this crummy podcast to touch. It's one of those, um... Those topics, I'm like, yeah, we're not ready to... The Holy Grail mm. topic. It's one of those ones where I'm like, well, we're not we're not good enough to be, um, you know, covering that. That's why we've brought up Arkham as, like, a game franchise, like, a million times, but never covered it. Mm. Um, so th- then the film adaptation came out, and it was good, too. We rewatched it yesterday, just in case. Um, it would have been appropriate to go into this topic then, but I still wasn't ready. But now I've finally got the English translated version of the PlayStation 1 game, so fuck it, that's somehow a better reason for me to get back into the series. Um, also, the day I picked up this book, again, they announced a life-size statue, so that could have been another green light. That's cool. So today, our little book club is going into the scrapyard and getting some shoddy cyborg parts done as we cover Battle Angel Alita Volume 1. Joining me this week, as always, is producer Kyle. How are you doing? I'm, I'm not doing okay. So some behind-the-curtain notes. We just finished my sick cast, and at, the second I improved, you just fell apart. Yeah, uh, I got the influences. It's your turn with it. Um, what, what would be the first cyborg part you would want? If you were to be getting parts. My left big toe. What would you do with it? Well, it would be a cyborg box. 
It should be a paperweight. It doesn't have any features. No. Oh. Okay, then fair enough. That said, I I am a child of the um, Inspector Gadget movie. Mm-hmm. What is called? That's not a fucking cyber but God damn it. I know, but it's got Skittles. Around the time I was doing the notes for this, um, I'd seen that dude go through the rounds on the internet again who um who was born without uh, an appendage and eventually could afford to get one sort of installed. Mm-hmm. And it has like a boner on and off switch because it can't do it naturally. And I'm like, that's a cool idea. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like boys just get boners all the time. Yeah, but... One man has the control to decide when and where, and for how long. Or does he give it to his woman? No, I think there's the like a ultimate test of faith. I'm pretty sure that the button's like on it. it. No, it's like on the corner of ball and gooch. Like, so you got a finger his nutsack to get him turned on. That's where his keys are. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Sorry, fever dream. Um. Yep, so... <laughs> um, excuse me, no teeth. There, there's a cat at the table. Rubbing his face on it. So, now thanks to another case of silent internet, I don't have much to say about the creator, Yukito Koshiro. Oh, uh, Kishiro, sorry. Uh, meaning there wasn't much information about his time breaking into the manga industry at only 17 years old. Uh, working at uh, Shoga... Fucking... I practiced these, but it was before I got really sick. So, Shogaku Ken, uh, doing work for a weekly Shogun uh, magazine, just Shogun Sundays. Um, Yukito worked, uh, his work was compiled into a short story collection called Hito. Um, I can't find jack shit about it. I could barely prove it had pictures. <laughs> um, I definitely never made a translation over here, as far as I can tell. Um, so yeah, obviously we don't know much about weekly mangas, but for Kaya, this was the same weekly magazine that featured Komi Can't Communicate hmm. and Yurisei Yatsura. Okay. Long. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, this is stupid question time mm. with Kaya. A Shogo or Shoujin magazine mm-hmm. is like the weekly comic book strip that's in one book, right? It's, I think it's multiple series in a magazine. Yeah, so, so it'd be like if DC put out, um, like, in, instead of, like, single title issues, they just put out, like, three or four of them in a block and you would get the block. Yeah. Like, if instead of having a certain amount of releases in a week, they had a release that week and it was, you know, those titles. Three or four different stories, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that's sort of how it runs. Okay. Because a lot of titles come and go through them, so that must be sort of how it works. I'm, I'm just asking this question for the listeners. Okay, yeah, but... Um, oh, I know this stuff. Um, so I brought up um, Yurisei Yatsura. Matter of fact, the artist who did that was one of Rumiko... Uh, sorry, her name was Rumiko Takahashi. Hmm. Big inspiration for Yukito. He also enjoyed Mobile Suit Gundam and other mech series, which shows in some of the robos and mechanical features in this series. Hmm. I would not say Alita looks like Lum, though. Mm, not really. But, um, yeah, so after his time there, Yukito started working on an unpublished story called Rainmaker. 
He showed it to uh, the publishers. Uh, Fuck me. (laughs) I love doing these on air. Um, Shui Aisha Incorporated. Um, And I say unpublished because they were enamored with one of the side characters in it. A female police cyborg named Galley. Kai might know why that name matters. That's a leader's name. Uh Uh-huh. So they asked him to do a story about her instead, and they would publish it in Business Jump, a shonen magazine tailored towards young 20-somethings with office jobs, hence the weird name. Um, so Yukito went away and formulated a plot and concept, and we got uh, Gunnam. Uh, the English translation would call it Battle Angel or Leader. Hmm. Uh, a few things get tweaked in the translations, uh, like the Japanese version kept Galley's name and we got a leader. A few other things here and there are different too. Should a few location names change? depending on which print you are reading. <laughs> like, um, some, yeah, they, they change back again further down in the series, so you got to sort of roll with some strange punches sometimes. Like a thing, they're like, oh, we'll keep it traditional, and then they switched it to the English translation version in their translation version, and then changed their mind. <laughs> so you sort of just got to... You just got to... Have a really good memory. Yeah. So, regardless of what version you were reading, it it no doubt blew up, spanning three of these big fat deluxe editions, which I think total like I forget maybe eight or ten actual volumes. And then you, library edition, I yeah. think they call them. And then you got the OVA, uh, the Hollywood blockbuster movie, multiple spin-off mangas like Lost Order and Master Chronicles prequel series, and you know the PS One game. Um, at this point, before going into the book itself, did you have any first impressions or thoughts? She has real big eyes. Oh, yeah. It's weird. I th- they, they justify it effectively in the movie. But it was weird in the original trailers. Because it's an anime that only mm-hmm. one character has big googly eyes. Yeah. And then they make it um, a... Uh, it's, a it's, a, it's a trait of her nationality. Mm. Which I thought was a cool uh, excuse for it. Yeah. Um, like, when you're watching the trailer, I think it's a lot more, like, over the top. Because when you watch the movie, like, it's only every couple of scenes that you're like, they are really large. Mm. But, like, it doesn't distract you the whole time. Nah. Um, but she also I- has big hair in the books, though. She has a big old mop top in a lot, <laughs> a lot of the art. Her eyes aren't that big, but her hair, very big. Yeah. Elvira would be proud. I think making her look a bit more anime is probably a good thing, because... I don't know. I don't know why I think that's a good thing, but, like, it's one of the only, ma- like, manga adaptations against... that is good. Yeah, but it makes her stand out against everyone else. Hmm. I don't think it would have helped that Dragon Ball movie. I don't think a lot would have popped a Dragon Ball movie. So so by the time the Alita movie had come up, I had already read the original series and then a second time, Hmm. just from the first trailer. So I was super excited to see it. I loved how much of the series was crammed together. Hmm. It um, is emulsified? What are some other mixed up words? Homogenous. It's homogenous. Um, Yeah, like it, it, it was clearly done from the heart by fans of not just the anime movie, but the franchise itself. Eager to hit so many details. Like, I saw her once, then dragged my parents along to see it, I think. I think mum and dad have gone and seen it. The opening was also, like, a shot-for-shot perfect version of the manga, so that tangent's pretty good into the book. Hmm. So, 
Some manga will begin with a bit of colour. Uh, this can make a new series stand out in the monthlies, or it can set a tone for its universe. Get well, a bit of a vibe for the colour schemes. That's a little bit helpful. Because hmm. there's been multiple times when we, like, watch Comey, and you're like, oh, that's not how I pictured that character. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, hair colours where I'm like, really? That dude's got blue hair. Hmm. Yeah, um, Battle Angel Alita sets a tone of rust. Um, the first page is like a grim red and dirt coloured dump. Scraps of robot bodies litter an unending wasteland. A man wanders this place, cherry picking pieces of discarded machines. While roaming around, he finds something special. He finds a girl. Well, most of one. Um, well, some of one, even less. It's uh, this guy, uh, Daisuke Ido, um, with his little round forehead tattoo, which is not in the film. No, they have gems. Hmm. He takes this comatose bust home. Uh, bust in a statue sense. It's a head and shoulders, not just a pair of tits. Just thought I'd, <laughs> I thought I'd point out which version of a bust I meant. It's it's a little triangle thing because it includes her heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has some bits in it. Yeah, it's got a brain and a heart. Her core, if you will, yeah. but not like a human core, like machine core. <laughs> Um, in his lab, Ido and his buddy Gonzo uh, check on the head, and sure enough, it's still alive. Yay! Stuck in a hibernation state for seemingly two to three hundred years. Uh, Professor Ido is a talented and nice is a talented cyborg uh, machine uh, mechanic. Sorry, it's a cyborg mechanic. Hence his lab and repair shop. And Gonzo has a big metal dome on top of his head, which I thought is a cool, weird uh, detail. But they, they wake the girl up, slowly her eyes open, and they ask what her name is. Uh, she don't know it. Her memory is shot. It's completely gone. I mean, she was dead a little while ago. Oh, yeah. Um, Ido says that don't matter, and they'll work it out over time. For now, he'll just call her Alita. Which, surprisingly, is weird. Um, yeah, Gonzo's like, bro, are you just naming her after that your, your, your cat that died? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, wait, you're keeping her? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, they give, um, they, they give it a bit more of a backstory in the, in the movie, but in, in it's this, Edo's just, in the movie. no, Edo's just doing his own thing in the, in the original source material. Hmm. Um, uh, that brings me to a question for Kaya. Um, how do you perceive the Alita and Edo relationship? In, in the movie, it's father-daughter. Yeah, that's, that's but the... But more father on his side than daughter on her side. Yeah. She at, at first daughter. she's like, oh yeah, okay, we, we can do this. And then she's like, hang on a second, I'm not that young. <laughs> I, I, I put it under the Geppetto system. Oh, yes. You know, which is somewhere between like father and cool uncle sits the Geppetto. <laughs> where it's like a slightly less, res- le- the responsibility of an uncle in a father figure. <laughs> you know, it's, in, it's that middle ground. Um... He chucks a leader on his back the next day, and they head into the junk heap to find her some, you know, actual body parts. Yeah. Um, he explains that they live in a place called Scrapyard. Uh, it had a different name in the movie, which was Iron City. Yeah. Um, it is built with the trash beneath a floating utopia called uh, Zalem, or Typharis, uh, if you're going with the galley versions of things or not. Um, and fresh scrap and junk are forever raining down from this floating city. 
uh, the class divide is very clear and intense in this universe. Mm. Ido doesn't find anything good for Alita's body and gets frustrated when they give up. Um, and that's what leads into the next uh, bit, mm. next scene. Um, that night out in the scrapyard, down in an alleyway, a woman stops for a cigarette. Um, you might have to describe her because oh, okay. I did realize something when I was sort of re going over it all for the for the podcast. Right. It's very early, so it'll be near the start. Um, I was always under the impression she was a prostitute, but upon re looking at it, there's no reason for me to think that whatsoever. I mean, she's just boobed out. And smoking. I don't know why I make the assumption that she's a sex worker. I guess because she gets murdered. She, her head really explodes. Yeah, her head is obliterated completely off of the top of her body. I mean, she's wearing provocative clothing, but I don't think she's a... No, she's just some lady having a cigarette. Yeah. We don't know her story. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a poor lady. Yeah, she, she's very violently destroyed. Really, quite like I can see her evil. The 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 book is a lot more gory than the film was. Yeah. Um. So the next thing we the reader see is those very ornate arms that she has. Yeah, they're very pretty. On a leader. Um. The next part hasn't featured in the OVA, the movie, or the damn PlayStation game, but I do like it. Um. She flexes the fingers out and thanks Edo, and he says it's fine. We just got to get you some legs. Um, and then the panel is, like, her from the waist down, and she's, like, a moon buggy or something. She's, like, an ATV centaur. Um, that night, Ido puts on a trench coat, and, you know, he, um, he's got a very mysterious hat. He does. It comes most of his hat. And he goes out into the city, um, and then the following day, sure enough, he has a set of gams and tracksuit pants for a later to be walking around with. Yay! Legs. Yep. She's jogging around the neighborhood getting a feel for them when she stops by Gonzu's little snack shack that he works in. Mm. And they chat a little bit, but he warns her that someone's been going around at night killing girls, so she has to be home by, like, streetlight time. Yeah. Yeah. The age-old rule. Yeah. Um, when she gets home, she notices Ido has a bandaged-up arm, and he dismisses talking about it, and Alita starts to grow suspicious of him. Yeah. Because she's getting all these fancy body parts. Meanwhile, people are getting their body parts ripped off (laughs) and killed in the street. Two and two make a window. Mm -hmm. It's nightfall again, and once more, Ido dresses in his black outfit, gets his little luggage bag, and sneaks out. Um, Alita doesn't care about her old life. She can't miss what she doesn't know. I mean, it's true. So her life is with Ido. Um, So it concerns her that he may be a serial killer. Yeah, we all, you know. She has to. We all choose our choices. She has to know the truth. She has to go. So she sneaks along, tailing Edo through the scrapyard. He spies a woman and opens his little luggage thing he pushes, pushes around and starts putting together a big old rocket hammer. Yeah. His weapon of choice. It's pretty cool. Yeah. As the woman starts to round the corner, he lifts the hammer to swing and suddenly Alita grabs onto it. She's like, stop, don't body harvest people for me. Yeah, I'm not that important, dude. He yanks the hammer away from her and turns, but the woman's gone. She pops up behind a leader and Ido swings the hammer again. Uh, but the woman moves whip fast and attacks them both. <laughs> Ido revealing that this woman is a serial killer, not him. Um, 
he got the dead girl's arms for a leader from like a second hand place. Um, and it was sort of a red herring for you, the reader. Anyway, the real killer, who has a, like a monstrous face and animal claws, little talons on her feet. Um, She's the spider lady in the other one. The movie does the scenes, but in like a weird order. Yeah. So, so far, it's about the same. Yeah, it, 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 it uses the same moments. Hmm. It changes its its timing a little bit. Not too much yet. Hmm. The only difference is that, like, she's got a full body at the start. Yeah. Um, yeah, she goes to claw Eater's face, but Alita tackles her back. Um, and, like, the the she-beast lady sort of, like, jumps on her, jumps out of her grasp. And Alita's just kind of, like, sailing along the air, like, above the ground by herself. Mm. Um, and in this tiny moment, she shoves the ground, pushing herself up into the air. Uh, getting above the monster lady and stands atop the back of her head. Uh, not satisfied with, uh, you know, riding her to the ground, she just swings the woman's face, just smashes it straight into a wall, shattering her head into paste, kind of like a bug on a windshield. Yay! Because she's stuck up there. Cheers. Gotta scrape her down. Ito's like, holy shit. Um, Alita is also like, holy shit. But Ido recognizes her sweet moves as a lost to time Martian martial art. <laughs> what yeah. A From Martian martial art called Panzerkunst, uh, Panzerkunst uh, which translates in German to Art of the Tank, if you, if you needed to know that. So, what you're telling me is Alita is. Tank girl? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking goddammit. So, it was a muscle. When do we get the kangaroo penis? <laughs> Release the penis cut. Just saying. So, yeah, it was it was a muscle memory for her to do that and a clue to who she was before the mind wipe, you know. Um, after this, Ido gets the bounty for the serial-killing woman and explains more key information to Alita. He is a hunter-warrior, which is just a bounty hunter. Um, the folk that run the scrapyard are the factory. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, you know, the middleman between the factory and uh, Zalem. Um, and there's no police in this dystopian future. So when someone is causing dramas or problems, uh, the factory will put out a request to remove the problem. Hmm. Uh, he explains all this to a leader as he works on something in the background. Um, is it the little Newt Newt dude? No, we haven't met him yet, I don't think. Okay. I like the Newt Newt dude. The, the tube guy? Yep. We'll talk about it. Um, so the silly reveal there is being... That he's working on her body because the lightning fast kung fu is a bit strenuous for her civilian uh, build. Um, so she's just like a head on the table in that scene. Oh, that's nice. They're mad. Mm. They don't like Kalita being a head. Yeah, not many iterations of Battle Angel take her apart. Mm. Not nearly as much as the manga. Like, do you have a favorite? I, I like when she's on wheels because it's just a stupid joke for no reason. But um. Do you have a favourite body? I, I only know the ones from the movie. There's only three in that, huh? She gets... And you barely see Motorball one. It's like in the last, like, minute. Yeah. Well, she gets you think the Alita body, and then she gets the Urn body, and then she's got, like, her rollerball hmm. kit. I don't know. I, I guess the um, 
So I'm say, I have, I have covers here good. for you to thumb through, but they don't really show jack shit on the covers, actually. No. Um, look, I like the Berserker... that one's like the Erm one. Yeah. Um, I like the Berserker body the most in the manga version, because um, it's it's the Berserker, like, it's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. But, like, she wears fingerless... Oh, she has her space body. Yeah, that's the Berserker. The Erm one. No, no, not the shiny Erm one from the ship. Oh, the flashback one. Yeah, mm. like the white uniform body. I think it's just a space. I don't know. I don't know. I'm Pokemon body. I did not make it to Mars. We'll get into it another, like later on. But um, yeah, the Berserker one in the manga. She's like wearing fingerless gloves and a big trench coat over the top of it. Mm. Like, it's fucking. That's pretty rad. So that's the one that she wears in the pub. Kinda. That's just an outfit. That's I'm under the impression it's more tanned. As far as, like, trench coaties go. No, it was dark. All right, it's been ripped off there. There's some of it in there. Hmm. Obviously recommended reading for the episode is the book we're covering. But, um, yeah, I like that outfit. Just watch the movie. The movie's pretty cool. And it knocks out, like, three of the... About one and a half of these library editions, too. Exactly. All right, um, I also like the tuned body. Hmm. Uh, which was... I've, I've, you know, I've gushed about this series overall. That's um when she's out of the city, being a mercenary for Zala. Spoilers, but it depends, okay, on what your perspective is of the tuned body. All right, I gotta, I gotta get my phone out because I have a saved picture to show. You. See the cover art and all the merch that comes from that era is um hard to read and do my phone at the same time. It's fun. Fuck you. Pause? Nah, nah, it's cool. Uh, it's it's my punishment for not being prepared. Okay. Looking like a fool. Okay, here it is. All right. So, the all the all the cover arts of that run, all the promotional, like I think there's one action figure I've ever seen, and you know all that sort of shit. It's all um, it's like a black bodysuit over a, you know a mech body mm. with um sort of like a mossy green armorage over the top of it. Mm. You know your shoulder pads and your, your shin guards and what have you. Your buckles and your bullshit. Hmm. Oh, that's like a mossy green. But the original promo art from that phase of the series in the in the like the source material in the um, magazine, the bodysuit was like strawberry red, and the armor was white. Oh, it's a little strawberry. I think they were going for like you know that when you see in a a body exhibit in a museum and it's like the muscle and the sinew and it's like the what I think that's what they meant. But she's a little strawberry and cream fella. Oh, she's cutie. Right? Oh, little baby girl just trying to be a big strong man. It's very jarring, though, because that is not the perception you get from that era. Mm. Oh, man. That's a, yeah, I was, I was very surprised to find that little it's, tidbit, it's so I wanted to put it in my episode. It's the strawberry cow thing. Strawberry shortcake mercenary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're back to the... the the series at hand. Alita wants to join these hunter warriors with Edo. Um, she almost remembered something about herself in combat, so she would like to pursue that avenue, which makes yeah. sense. Um, but Edo's like, nah, fuck that. I want to make you a thing of beauty. Um, I like that she goes from, eh, I don't know about my old life, so I don't really care, to immediately, like, I must chase the horror in order to get flashes. Well, if you get a thread, you're going to want to follow it a little bit, I guess. Maybe. Curiosity would... 
eventually get to you. Well, look, they made an entire Twilight book about it, so... Did they? Yeah. Okay. In the second one, she keeps doing life-threatening things because he, like, a vision of him comes back and tells her not to do it. That's just her conscience saying, don't be stupid. Yeah. You know what? That's fine. But she doesn't know the difference because she likes the man. Oh. Yeah, Edo wants to make her a thing of beauty and killing for money is not what he wants for her. Um, To some readers, it could come off as possessive ownership, but I see it more as like a daughter wanting a tattoo or something. Yeah. I want to do something reckless and stupid. No daughter of mine will do something reckless and stupid like that. Yeah. You know, she doesn't want him doing it just to buy her stuff either, and she believes that happiness given is not as good as happiness earned. Kind of like how Gatorade tastes better when you're actually doing something physical. I don't know. I had one yesterday. Dang. Yeah. I think that's just because I'm dying. You're literally running a fever. You are exerting yourself (laughs) by being awake. Um, So she storms off. And heads to the factory, and that's where we get to meet a bunch of deckhands. Kai, how do you feel about these guys? Is that the new new dude? I love him. I think he's number ten. I, I, You'd have to fact check. I'm not. He is not per- number ten. Yeah, it's got a little ten on. Yeah, you got a big kissy lips and chubby cheeks. This juice. one is twelve. Ah, he's not as funny. It's the big silly mouth. That's and why it, he's a new new. And it's not like um, it's not like the black dude from Dragon Ball Z either. He's um. That's not an ethnic pair of lips, which I was concerned no. about. No, there's a there's a feature in the back saying how you become a deckhand, and it's just a morbidly obese dude looking for a job. It's, it's a big fat guy face. It's a uh, um. They they look kind of like a really weird tiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But like a cross between a tiki and like some kind of hardware. Yeah, he's like a can with a face. Yeah, but he's got little colonies. Hmm. He's very great. I like him a lot. So deckhands are tube cyborgs with human brains and mouth for customer service. Um, they also have one hand for, you know, button pushing. There'll be like a little hand on a stick. That one? Yeah. Okay. So that's just a human hand stuck on a, on a, on a stick, which is probably disgusting in, in any sort of real life. They missed out by not putting them in the movie, though. Come on. They're full robots in the movie. I'm like, whatever. Um... So, she applies for a Hunter Warrior registration with one with uh, big kissy lips, and they put a barcode in her brain. Yeah. Um, I like her concern because the because the quote she uses, I can't afford to get any dumber. Hmm. Um, but in reality, no part of a person in this reality, sorry, is consistent. Yeah. You can replace fingerprints, your retinas, your voice, none of it fucking stays. The only thing they can really document is the brain. Yeah. Um... Yeah, your thought box is the thing that you use. So, meanwhile, uh, somewhere else in the city, we get a recurring fellow and his dog just chilling. I like dogs. Yep, when they are approached by a behemoth-cloaked guy and a dog with some of the most flimsy cyborg parts I've seen in the whole series. Um, Flimsy asks him, hey, buddy, how much for your dog's brain? And the reoccurring guy, who I'm pretty sure his name is uh, Master, um... He's like, nah, man, Fang is like a son to me. That's my dog. And the big dude starts huffing and puffing like a child about to have a tantrum. Um, the flimsy guy is like, look what you did. And the, the big giant dude pulls off his cloak. He's a giant muscly cyborg body. And his head has a big spike on it. And he grabs just some random dude out from the crowd and yanks the fucking scalp and, and like, brain pan off. Ew. This, yeah, it's a pretty intense... 
and I'll look around for it in my thing. See? Look at that flimsy ass dude. He's made out of like two by fours. Oh, yeah. He sucks. Um, see the ripper dude noggin off? That's rude. Broke him open like a fucking frere or a share, and you want to eat the Nutella a bit? Mm. You know? Um, so he's an endorphin addict and eats brains to get his fix. And he starts grabbing more people and, you know, chaos breaks loose. So he has a zombie? Um, no. No, he just likes, I don't know, the adrenaline in a brain. Okay. I mean, I would have a lot of adrenaline in my brain if I, you know. If I was dead? Was dying. Yeah. So, um... While that riot in the city is going down, Edo is at a storm drain, tossing a bunch of nice and innocent tea party clothes into the water. Hmm. Um, they were obviously for Alita. He vents for like a second, and after that is like, all right, well, fair enough. Alita wants to do her own thing. That's cool. Um, he reflects on how he likes killing. Um, they don't really go into it any deeper. Um, but in the movie, they give him like origins and motivation and stuff. Um, so while he's out thinking about all this sort of stuff, he's collecting bounties, including that flimsy dude who was out collecting dog brains for his weird giant friend. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, giant weird friend, uh, we, we sort of cut across to him and he's munching on ahead when he is approached by tiny little Alita. Um, again, I'm going to have a look around for this moment because, you know how I said in the movie, he's like not nearly as big as he is in this. Yeah. There's no panel of them, like, looking at each other, is there? I don't know, that's probably about the best. He's you gotta get big. there. Yeah, big old thing. He's um, wide. What do you mean? You said that he wasn't as big. He's pretty big. No, I mean, in the movie, he's not as big. Oh. Remember, like, the whole, like, forearm bit? I'm like, that shouldn't even fit. Mm. Um, anyway, so... They're gonna. She she shows up. She's small. He throws a corpse at her, and they have a bit of a fight, um, which makes my notes sort of hard to do because a lot of it's just like choreographed fight scenes. Um, he tries to slap her down like a bug, and she does a little somersault, springs up, and just rips the shoulder off of him. Um, he smacked her out of the air, and just it, that blows her waist and arm off. And she lands on her hand, you know, like she does one of those. Yeah. And she she springs sort of off it, she sort of like jumps with her fingers, and drives her the the remaining arm into the behemoth's eye. That happens in the movie, but kind of different. Again, th- this is the stuff that's super rearranged. Grisker is not in the manga. Yeah. I had to fact check that he doesn't appear. This is a different character. He's still a bad guy. In the OVA, they replaced, they sort of like recast him with Gruishka. So they didn't have to give like a bunch of origins and lore for him uh, in like art, in, that we'll cover later in our podcast. Mm. So they were like, oh, we'll just give him a different name. He's a different guy. Don't worry about it. Oh, that's good. But yeah, this, this fight's very similar. But she's. Yeah, we haven't been to like the Kansas bar or nothing yet. Um, so Ido, Ido comes around the corner and sees his little Pinocchio girl breaking an arm off into a giant ogre dude just like war screaming into his face. Yeah, it's great. I do like that that's where they chose to put the fuck in the movie though. 
you know, these days you get one. I d- I look, it was one place. Yeah, I like that one. It's good. So, uh, for some reason, I was stalling his name because they don't reveal it. Um, it's Makaku in this. Hmm. Different guy to the movie. Um, he picks up Alita's, like, head and shoulders and starts to squeeze her brain. Like, squeeze her noggin. Um, that's when Ido uh, swings in one big old giant hammer, smashing through the um, yeah the, the Makaku Robo ribs, smashing him right there. Um, Alita is dropped, and the hammer comes around again, and just pretty much shatters the rest of this big ogreish body. Yeah. As the head flies out of the body, that spike that's on his head, not in the movie, blasts off. Uh-huh. And um, it is. Now Ido's belly button piercing. Yeah. So to speak. Um, so the head and spine of this guy work kind of like a worm. Right. Um, yeah, they, they more or less plug into a body instead of having its own to work with, as you see. Oh, it looks like a little train, but with like a really gross <laughs> face on it. <laughs> Good old face train. I think he's supposed to be like a maggot or a worm. I don't know. <laughs> But if you, if you see a train, that's fine. Oh, can... look, it's got like little carriages. <laughs> Great. Here's a little subway. Face train. Yep, so he stabs Ido in the belly with his big spike. Um, and he looks at the two of them and vows revenge before, like, escaping into the sewers. Face train. So, Alita is a bit worse off when we than when we began. Hmm. You know, she's back down to no arms and no legs, but now her unconsciousness is in a hibernation state so much as cranial damage. Yay. So Ido lays beside her, very much impaled, but not dead. Uh, he he says, let let Makaku come back for his revenge, you know, for busting one off in his eye. They'll be ready for round two. Leaning on his little luggage thingy with a leader on top of it, he struggles out into the main street of the scrapyard. And the civilians don't really stop to care. They're pretty desensitized as far as culture goes. I mean, take, for example, what they're watching on the public TVs at this moment which is like a brutal gladiatorial UFC thing that in hindsight, I'm sure Yukito Kishiro wished was motorball just for like the world building aspect of things. Um, the world is a shitty rotten place and Ido will give a leader a body to not only withstand it, but to conquer it. Uh, he gets to a payphone and calls Gonzo who I've changed the spelling constantly, either an O or a U. He's the dude with the, with the, the head. He's the dude with the head. Well, he's not in the movie, so you don't know. But he's just that's, got like... That's his helping hand dude with the dome. Yeah, look at him. He's got like a sewage a sewage drain bolted on for a head. That's a tiara. That man is a queen. It's the whole top. Yeah, just a tiara. That's great. He's a queen. Kind of got a bit of a Danny DeVito vibe. Oh, he's yeah. He's very short and stubby. Oh, yeah. He's not in the film. No. Poor he, guy. He's replaced by a woman. Why doesn't she get a sweet flat top of the She's head? She's got a robot on. Yeah, she's a Swiss army knife. So, while Alita dreams, Gonzo gets Ido stabilised, berating him for living too risky, man. See, in this shitty cyborg civilization, you might be found injured. You know, like a hole in his tummy, for example. And a shady cyborg doctor could find you. They would knock you unconscious and you would wake up with a robo-belly and a ginormous doctor's bill that you cannot afford. Next thing you know, you are doing shady mercenary work for Shady Cyborg Doctor or his boss, and you're pretty much stuck there forever paying a bill you didn't consent to in the first place. Mm. You know what I mean? That's how a lot of uh, people's fate are in this uh, series. 
Um, yeah, it's a bad neighborhood. Anyway, Gonzu is, you know, found him first, so that's good. I just wanted to world build a little here. Um, Gonzo then asks what they're going to do with a leader. Obviously, she doesn't have any parts left. Um, and Ido tells him they are going to the basement to his collection. What's our runtime? 40. Um... I might have to stop on my my notes here because it is obviously too fat for a part for a single part episode. Um, wh- what do you think so far? Because you, you as as a comparison to the movie, it's it's strange They've in a good way most though. Of it. They've kept like, like all of it, but just shuffled. Yeah, they've, like, they've made it fit the runtime. The, yeah, the way they've. Squeezed it into the story act structure, you know, like the three acts in movies and what have you. Like, like you said, it's there. It's just rearranged to fit. They do a good job, I think. Yeah. I've look. We've seen a lot of adaptations. We're comic book fans. We've seen some terrible. We've, we've seen some egregious bullshit it's in terrible. our time. But little things in the movie, like go a long way. I think, like having. Uh, the guy with the dogs early. Um, I think they referenced that birds are banned early. Guns being banned early. Yeah. Motorball appearing almost immediately too. That's I, It bugs me that it was like a f- like they were pretty much having Tekken in volume one. Because it, it just would have... It, it would have played better if it was Motorball existing because then you get the volume like two and they're like oh this is like the this is the sport this is the one this is what everyone cares about yeah Yeah. but yeah no it's good i think that this is maybe one of the few times i'm gonna say you can kind of get away with watching the movie i don't know whether that goes against your thing because you like reading the books hmm but, like, it's all there. It's easier to track down. The it only, takes up less shelf space. The only problem is, is there's, no, there's no more, I don't think. I don't think we're ever going to get a leader two, man. You say that. James Cameron isn't known for producing things on a accurate well, timeline. He's busy doing avatars. Exactly. And the first avatar came out in 2009. Yeah. So, like, maybe in 10 years from now. Well, it's not really... I mean, yeah, it's his movie, but it's not his either, because it's um, Robert Rodriguez who did the movie. Yeah, he did the screenplay. Um, but it did stem... <laughs> I was reading interviews, like, getting excited for the movie to come out. And there's an interview about it, and they were saying how um, James Cameron and Guillermo del Toro <laughs> mm-hmm. would, like, have movie nights where they would show each other weird shit they've found. That's pretty and- cool. That's, 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 that's it's am- basically what we do here. I don't know, that's an amazing thing to imagine that, like, the, the Titanic guy and the Hellboy guy. Mm. They're clearly into, like, weird shit. And I think Guillermo brings in the Alita OVA, mm. which is available on YouTube and... Other places. Um, no, no, I was going to say it's a much harsher cut-and-paste version. Like, it's... The movie changes... And tweaks to fit 
The OVA is just skipping and cutting shit constantly. I don't give a fuck. That, that movie is like a highlight reel of the book. But yeah, they watch that. And that's why a lot of um, the OVA stuff makes it into the live action movie. Yeah, and then obviously he couldn't find the time because he was doing Avatar shit. So Robert Rodriguez, he handballed it to him. The yeah. Spy Kids guy. Which, you which, know. Which I know is like... Has the- some- feels of that the motorball stuff does but i've been seeing a lot of people picking on the current mcu just looking like spy kids these days yeah there's a there's a there's a comparison shot of dr strange 2 and i think spy kids 3 and the backgrounds are like eerily similar (laughs) like nice it's definitely not on purpose but it's you know you want to know what has good backgrounds Mm -hmm. lay on stitch oh yeah because they didn't have enough money to do, like, full animation. So the guys that, like, directed it did watercolor paintings and then just imposed over the top. Yeah, absolutely. So if you, if you want a cool, like, desktop background, search out some Lulu and Stitch art. Um, well, to round out part one, do you have a favorite adaptation in general, like, off the top of your head? Um... I feel like, um, you say... I don't know, remember what it's called. The one where the redhead chick is, like, doing stuff. It's from one of your books. You yeah. say it's got a really good adaptation, but you also say it's, like, the worst doing one. Stuff. I'll have to go look in the library, I don't know. But it had, like, a movie adaptation, you think that was good, and then it had a TV series that you said sucked up. Oh, Shadowhunters. Yeah, Shadowhunters is, like, your best adaptation, but also your worst adaptation. It's really funny. Look, it's a really, really good book. Everyone dunks on the movie. But the movie was more accurate than the TV show. Mm. The TV show took some very weird, like, its own thing to it. Are the Arkham games an adaptation? Or are they their own? No, nah, they're their own. They're their own story. Okay, cool, cool. You, cool. Can't, you can't use that one. I kind of want to say Arkham Origins um, Mad Love shit is, like, one of the best. Did you ever finish that chapter book of Mad Love that we bought? Uh, the Harley Quinn, like... Yeah. No, I didn't. Oh. It's got words. It, 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 it has words. I dislike it. Look, I'm some, a picture book man. Some, sometimes... Go, go back and listen to our Rise and Fall of Harley Quinn two-parter. But, like, they do some stuff constantly where I'm like, just... It was so well built as far as, like, a character goes. Just leave it. Do things with the characters. Stop fucking with the characters' lore, though. It's fine. Yeah. You know? There's a whole backstory there. You don't need to invent one. Bugs Bunny is fine. You can have Bugs Bunny adventures and cartoons. We don't have to change what his childhood was like every two weeks. Go back and listen to the rise and fall of Joker. No, the multiple origins. (laughs) (laughs) However, people want that is our very first episode ever, and she'd be rough. It is rough, but also... Huh. There's a gorilla with a jetpack in that episode. If that, if that entices you, um, yeah, yeah, adaptations can either be really good or like the fucking worst. And well, yeah, and, Elite is a good one. And that's the thing. Sometimes it brings like a fresh coat of eyes on it. Yeah, you, you're doing your own thing to it, mm. which you sit there and you're like, oh yes, I I prefer that like way of thinking or that character design or something. And then that becomes, like, your chosen thing. Mm. Yeah, you have to try them to see which is your favourite. Unless you're fucking with the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, God Leave damn it. Alone. 
He doesn't have... Look, it's just... He's already ugly enough. You don't need to do shit to him. You, you don't like when they try to make him look hardcore. You like him when he's like a doofy fucking fish man. It's true to his origin, okay? A doofy fish man is technically who he is. If you can get mad about Harlequin, I can get mad about Creature from the Black Lagoon. Alright, fair enough. Um, okay, so... Um, I feel like we've wandered off. Yeah, we have, but... Yeah. Look, neither of us fine. are in big brain space at the moment. So um, make sure to uh, stay tuned and subscribe to see if we improve mentally next week. We're not going to because we're recording this back to back. Yeah, we're getting ahead so we can rest. <sighs> um, so yeah, rate, review, subscribe, do the things, do all the stuff. Uh, I've been your host, Toby DePola. I've been joined by producer Kaya. Who is physically here, but mentally not. Yep. Are you gonna do, gonna do it? You gonna fight it? You've done, you've done well. Okay, um, we'll have to end this before she can't hold in her coughs no more. Please. <laughs> All right, class dismissed.